1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ritardi as we break down the Friday NBA DFS slate. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer in the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The RotoWire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate, review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, welcome to another day that actually has a full slate in the National Basketball Association.
2: Yeah, a lot to talk about today. Uh, 14 games on tap for Friday to welcome everybody back. So this is uh, you know this is one of those days that I think is going to be uh, a good day where you can kind of go a little chalky, even in GPPs, because with so many options, I don't think you're going to get too high of an ownership rate on anybody.
1: All right, very interesting uh, and well said. You know what, I was just sort of thinking about this here. I feel a little bit underdressed for the show. I didn't know there was a dress code. <laughs> I, I'm the producer of the show. How am I supposed to, you know? I mean, and you're gonna show up here on Google Hangouts in a tie uh, and a button up, and uh, who, I don't know wh- what you got. You got a smoking jacket over the over the tie <clears> and <throat> the colour. I was somebody needs. I'm just saying. I'm not really happy about the communication. That's happening here in the DFS department for com, And I'm heavily involved in the uh, production, the, you know, the protocols or, or whatnot for this show. You care <laughs> to explain what's going on here?
2: Yeah, I actually um, have a video that I have to do after this that I usually wear a shirt and tie for. So I'm a busy man and I'm multitasking right now. So I figured uh, this way I don't have to go and get changed again after. So
1: Well, let it be known. That the show that will air first will be this one. So, you, as it turns out, you just happen to also be dressed for that show as well. That's the way I'm going to take it. You were originally dressed for one of the best DFS shows in the business, and that's the Rotorwire DFS live stream, video, YouTube channel, and podcast. For so those of you listening in audio format, Benny is very well dressed. I look like I got some Cheetos on my shoulder here. And I, that isn't wiping off, um, but, you know, for the good news is podcast people, unless, uh, you know, if I didn't mention it, would have never known the difference. So, uh, there you have it. So, let's go ahead and dive right in. We've got a few more games than we had for the Thursday site, so that's also some uh, some, um, some interesting information. Uh, as we mentioned yesterday, the uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't sort of emphasize this, the Rotowire DFS podcast is now the Spro um, Brought to you by the proud sponsor, FanDuel.com, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. So uh, make sure you check them out here. And they've uh, been nice enough uh, in terms of uh, Adam Silver and the NBA to provide us with uh, just, I don't know, 28 teams to choose from here on this Friday slate uh, for FanDuel. So let's go ahead and kick it off the point guard position and talk about your top options here for FanDuel pricing in cash games and GPPs.
2: Yeah, I think the guy that I'm going to first is um, Damian Lillard. Uh, He's going up against the Golden State Warriors, which isn't an easy matchup, but he had 63 against them earlier this year. Um, Last game last season, he had 49 against them, so he's putting up some big numbers when he goes against Golden State. Uh, We know Golden State plays high-scoring games. The pace is up. Whenever Portland is scoring, you know that Lillard's usually involved. Um, So he's actually the guy I've been coming down to. The reason for that is, um, you know, Westbrook's getting really expensive right now. And yes, he does have the upside for tournaments, but for cash games, I don't know if I want to pay up 11K for him in this matchup. Um, John Wall's on the tail end of a back-to-back. John Wall, if you look over the back-to-backs that they've had in the last month or two, he's underperformed in in most of the tail ends with the exception of the Boston game. So I'm a little nervous about using him on the tail end. Um, Curry, again, I, I like Lillard to have, you know, pretty close to the same amount of points as Steph Curry does, especially over on FanDuel. Um, and I think you're getting such a discount on him that it's better to come down to Lillard there. And then Kyle Lowry, I'm still a little nervous with the wrist, so you know he's somebody not not really on my radar. And then the last guy is Rajon Rondo, who's been putting up some really big numbers lately. Um, Matchup with Denver, I kind of like him as well. So for me, at the top end, it's basically Damian Lillard and um, maybe a little bit of Rajon Rondo in tournaments.
1: Yeah, I love the call for Ray John Rondo. Definitely want to attack Emmanuel Moutier and Denver defense. That should be one of the higher totals on the board uh, for uh, Friday uh, night action there as well. I haven't bookmarked. I'm still not really um, uh, opposed at all to at least rolling Russell Westbrook somewhere. You know, I know the price is very cost prohibitive. He's up, uh, uh, you know, at 11K last time we were able to roster him uh, on on FanDuel on January 11th, but, you know, Literally a double 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 machine, and uh, if you, I think he's like fairly safe for cash games. And the, the, and the good news is, is because we have fourteen teams. I'm sorry, twenty eight teams and fourteen games in action. You can really actually make a case for paying the 11K and finding the, the the value pricing around that at the other positions to sort of make it work out for your cash game. I don't know if I mean we really actually need close to seventy point upside, sixty five ish point upside to really. Um, sort of uh, look for gpp value so uh, you know um, i don't know if you can really consider him a gpp play or or a good one at that but for cash games up we're talking about the floor just basically starting in the 50 point range uh, there as well which you know is and if you can get to uh you know what 50, 50 55 58 then i think we're, we're going to talk about 5x value and if he, if he misses 5x value you know God, you have to consider this a lock for 46 to 50 fancy points uh start out at the point guard position, which is always very nice uh, for a cash game, provided you don't stretch yourself too thin with you know a minimum price guy that you don't feel great about. But I think that we you know because we have all hands on deck, you can make a case um, for working ar- uh, around one top price guy like Russell Westbrook for Friday. Are you um, okay with that notion?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, with the... On a big slate like this with so many other options, I feel like I don't have to go so much with the stars all the time. Um, If this was like a five or six game slate, it's a lot tougher to fade a guy like Russell Westbrook who has that kind of upside. Um, But on a bigger slate, I think you can get away with it a lot easier. So, you know, you can come down to guys like Lillard, Rondo, you know, like I said, I mean, I even like Drew Holiday a lot in this spot. Uh, he's, his price is a little bit cheaper than those guys. He's like a little bit above seven K he's been the last week or so, um, going up against Philly, a little bit of a revenge factor for him. And we know that Philly's one of those teams that just gives up a ton of points to everybody. So with all the problems and the injuries going on in new Orleans, you know, how going to get a lot of minutes. Um, you know, he's another guy that I'd be looking at in that range. I think you can save a little more at point guard and still get some big upside. And there's some other positions that I want to pay up at today.
1: Yeah. I I could see the, the case being made for that there as well. I you know what I see just like uh you know what what I'm going to see here in every single spot is a guy that I have no problem going uh dropping um down to at, at you know a at a value spot to pair with every the guy. So it's almost like you can go stars and scrubs with your you know your 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 two guards or two your I your two point guards your two shooting guards and still feel like I'm going to create a combination of of fair value and have the second guy provide me, you know, a little bit of, um, you, you know, um, value to to extract. For example, Patrick Beverly, who has been in, sitting in the forty six range. Uh, here for uh, the last week or so on Fanduel, great matchup at Phoenix there. Probably a good bet for twenty to twenty-five points and does have thirty-point upside going against Archie Goodwin, who also isn't a bad play himself um, in this spot there. And then so I'll take, if I take my fifty from Russell Westbrook and my uh, my. 25 from Patrick Beverly. There's my 75 points between the two guys, and you know Bev can get you into the 30 point range when she's uh, dipped into a few times this season, and is in a plus matchup against one of the worst Phoenix teams. Um, maybe I'm just talking about more. Maybe this sounds like it's better for GPP construction, but I I think I actually feel pretty good about my 75.4 between the two two guards. That and the and the price tag, the cumulative price tag that I'm paying, which is what 15 six overall, which is essentially the same as paying, uh, what, you know, what, uh, 77, 7, a player, you know? So if you feel like you can get, you, you could take mm-hmm. your 7,800 and go, get into the middle tier and, and come out with something better than uh, 75, uh, a 75-point floor, then you know which direction you should go in. And uh, that's that's certainly possible, too. I do. I love Drew Holiday against Philly. I like Ray, Ray Rondo against Denver. And, you know, you can come up with some sort of combo of those guys and maybe you feel like you have something with a little bit more upside and, and safety cash games. Uh, I think I would prefer personally, and maybe this is just, you know, a complete difference of opinion for roster construction, of a rest book-bev combo. Uh, to sort of see how it goes. But you know what? Um uh we'll we'll have to sort of um you know try a couple different things and see how it how it ends up shaking out. We can move forward um from point guard unless there's anybody else you want to talk about uh uh onto and um jump into the shooting guard position if you are ready, sir. Uh you let me know.
2: Yeah no I think that's um I think that's pretty much it. I mean there's not much at the low end that I'm really looking at. You know, I mean, it, maybe if Reggie Jackson misses the game, I guess with no Brandon Jennings now, would Steve Blake be their
1: backup? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess th- that would be, you know, uh, reasonable to say. But I'm just I'm not ready to go full Steve Blake mode <laughs> just, just yet. Well,
2: no. I mean, if Reggie if Reggie Jackson's out, they said, he, you know, he missed the last game before the All-Star break with an illness, and they, they said he's questionable still for tomorrow. So if he happens to be out still... You know, I would guess that Steve Blake has to play 30 minutes, no?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I do. I just, you know, it's maybe it's just my personal version to Steve Blake. i just never seen him as – he reminds me of Patty Mills when Tony Parker is out. Like, you know the guy's going to get minutes in, but, you know, uh, not enough of a consistent scorer or a, you know, a 10-assist distributor for him to be a, uh, you know, a – a consistent factor overall so um that is the, yes. other, the other than that there's not
2: yeah there's not much down there that i'm even looking at so
1: yeah um all right so let i'm gonna draw the line there um and um move forward to the shooting guard position so let's go ahead and talk about who you like um at the two for friday
2: well, I don't know what the price is going to be now that the trade was made. If they're going to adjust it, but if Evan Fournier stays at the five thousand dollars he was at last game, I think he's pretty much locked into one of your shooting guard spots on FanDuel. Now that Tobias Harris has been shipped out of town, you got to figure that you know part of the reason they did that was to get more minutes for Fournier. So if he's going to be playing thirty plus minutes, you got to think at five K, he's definitely one of the guys you got to lock in. No,
1: I I definitely agree with you there as well. Um, my question for you here is, um, you, you know, where do you, where, which direction do you want to go? Because there's a lot of, like, I don't know. I can make a case for four, five, six mid-range guys that could all make a, 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 ten, a ton of sense overall. And I think that this is going to be one of those lineups, one of those days, too, where you really need to sort of, like, separate your cash and your GPP lineups um, because you have a, a, a plethora of options. I almost feel like there's too many options on the slate, to be honest with you, because – you know, I I like Devin Booker at Houston for for, uh, for value. I like James Harden up top as well, out on the road at Phoenix. Um, you know, C.J. McComb can get into, into shootout mode against the Golden State Warriors. He's a guy, a mid-value player that makes some sense. Will Barton against Sacramento is uh, interesting to me. And Sacramento has a lot of moving pieces too here as well. One thing we also need to make uh, note of there is what you'll need to do is keep um, some tabs on... The traded players that um, if if and when people teams do pull the trigger here on Friday because a lot of teams um, will end up having scratches in their in their lineup uh, for for regular starters that are normally made because they have to pass a physical or they have to travel you know between now and then so people that we normally think would be in the starting lineup if there's any sort of like you know trade uh, from one of the two you can't just automatically assume like for instance Tobias Harris, on Friday's action. They, they have, I mean, he should be in town and be ready and active to go, I'm assuming, but for whatever reason, Stan Van Gunny mentioned, he was coming off the bench. And so, you know, you, for anybody who's an, an, an actual traded player um, in the outset, I think I'm going to be avoiding altogether, even if he does make it in town in time uh, for the game on, on Friday. Are you uh, in agreement with me on that fact?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces over the next two days. If, if you played last year or years past, if you played any NBA DFS, you got to know that, um, you know, being when you're putting the rosters together over the next day or two, if there's guys playing in the late game that there's even a chance or that you hear their names on a trading block and stuff like that, you really got to be cautious because there were a couple deals that I remember going down last year, um, and I think they were announced like a little bit after lock or something like that, where people got caught with guys who didn't play because they were getting traded and, you know, it, it can turn into a mess over these next couple of days. So just, um you know, just be careful when you're putting the rosters together, because you never know how it's going to go. But another thing that we got to start looking at is rotations going forward in the second half. You know, that's why I said like with a guy like Fournier, you know, you got to assume that he's going to be the beneficiary of, of that trade that just happened in Orlando. There will be a couple more trades over the next day or two. So, you know, you got to kind of keep an eye on those teams and see how the minutes start working out because you can still find some of these guys that, you know, stepped into a bigger role now that are still priced as a, you know, 4,200, 4,400 guy that was only getting 18 or 20 minutes. And now they might be getting 25 to 35 minutes. And, you know, you can get a lot of upside out of that. So definitely pay attention to it um, early on here. But I agree with you. Other than Fournier, I mean, I like Harden a lot in that matchup against Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix plays almost no defense. You know, you're more worried about a blowout slowing Harden down than you are about the Phoenix defense slowing him down. Um, I also like coming down, though. I'm still a big fan of Nick Batum. Um, Milwaukee, even though you would think that they would have a pretty good wing defense, really hasn't been. Guys have been doing pretty well with the small forward and shooting guard spot against them. So I like Nick Batum here. He's been contributing across the board. You know, getting a lot of rebounds. The guy can rack up some assists. He always scores his points. Um, You know, he's long and athletic, so he adds some defensive stats for you. So Batum's a guy that I like if his price stays in that 7K range. Um, I was looking at him and Middleton, but I think I like Batum more than I like Middleton. And you get a couple hundred bucks in savings there as well. So that would be the way I would go if I stayed up top. And then if I went down, you know, like I said, the the other guy I was looking at is the guy you mentioned in Devin Booker. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty good spot for him. Anytime we got somebody going up opposite Harden, you know, they're always going to be able to score some points. So, you know, guys like Booker and Fournier are probably going to be how I roll at the shooting guard spot. And then if I do pay up, it's going to be for like a Batum or a Harden.
1: All right, I think that's fine and that makes sense to me overall. So, um, you know, the the one thing I think I'm, I'm sort of going to um, – do to the, that, that, that I want to sort of take note of here is um, stay safe with a, a lot of the group that you were talking about here in the, in the top tier because you can actually still even find like you know value pricing amongst this group, uh, that are you know like priced in the top 10, like uh, like Victor Old Depot, uh, for example, to me, which I think you know a lot of people are going to are, are going to probably be off, be off because he's been sitting in the 6500 range and, and hasn't been producing 5x, but you know. With at least for GPP's upside has the the ability to to pop up with a fifty five point game and and pay off nine x like he did in that matchup um, on the road against OKC which we wouldn't have normally expected uh, there as well and I and I agree with the sort, same sort of sentiment with uh, Evan Fournier I even don't mind like as a home run play like um, uh, Mario Hozonia uh, as as well so I'll be keeping tabs on that and then you know another guy that we were using quite uh, regularly on shorter slates um, Etuan Moore. For the Chicago Chicago Bulls. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Butler is not ready to come back uh, just Mm. yet here. And Etwan Moore still value priced at the 4200 range as of um, January 10th pricing. uh, And, you know, only really needs to get into the, the, the 20 point. Uh, area plus for him to sort of pay off that price tag. And we've seen him, we saw what he did against Sacramento uh, produced 39 fantasy points, which is, which was at the, at that time, 10 X, which would probably be something like eight and a half or nine X now, given the price, but still a lot of uh, upside for uh, a bargain basement value. So the th- left, definitely a couple different ways you can go in terms of roster construction. And I'm, I'm going to be definitely um, targeting each more uh, game in and game out, especially if they're going to move some more pieces, like if Sol ends up getting traded, uh, between now and, and, and the deadline. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Before we move forward to the small four position, i uh, got to let you know that the uh, Rotowire um, 10-day free trial is still going on, still available. If you like the advice of our podcast, you're going to love the website. So don't forget to try it for free at rotowire.com. Uh, uh, features include lineup optimizers for all the major sites, for eight different sites, including uh, Fandle. Obviously, which has got um, the pricing that we are uh, locked in and focusing on for this entire show and uh, the uh, DFS, all the DFS shows going forward, we've got uh, NBA optimizers, NHL optimizers, college basketball, golf, soccer, and uh, with uh, Major League Baseball upcoming. Uh, so if you if you like playing on Fanduel and you're looking for the gr- the uh, uh, best uh, you know information for DFS projection wise, for lineup optimizers, uh, for value reports. Uh, and the like, uh, make sure you check out the 10-day free trial, rotowire.com pod. All right, let's go ahead and move forward to the small four position and talk about what you want to do at the three for Friday.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not really looking to pay up for Durant or Anthony or, or Paul George. If I was paying up at all, it'd probably be for Kawhi Leonard right now. Uh, Leonard's playing a few more minutes, has a great matchup against the LA Lakers. Uh, He's back up to like that 32 to 35-minute range um, where he had been only seeing like slightly less than 30 in the games beforehand. The last three games before the break, he had over 40 fantasy points. So if he can get us over 40 for, you know, 73, 7,500, where he's at right now, we're looking at five, five and a half, six X. So Kawhi's probably the guy that I'd pay up for. Um, Coming down from him, I love the spot for Danilo Gallinari here. Um, going up against Sacramento, fast-paced game. We, he's a high-usage guy on Denver. He's a, you know, scorer for them. We've seen a lot of the high-usage guys go off against Sacramento. So the guys who get the the ball in their hands more often than not um, are usually the guys who have the big game. So Gallinari, I think, is going to be somebody who flies a little bit under the radar, but he could put up a 40-50 fantasy point score here, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised about it at all. And – um you know, really up at the top end. Those are, those are the only two guys I'm looking at, you know, Gordon Hayward is a little bit interesting against Boston Um, playing against his old college coach. He always tries to do well when they, you know, when they have that matchup, but with everybody back that Utah has right now, you know, his numbers have come down a little bit. Favors is taking a little more of that scoring load. Hood's been doing a little more of the scoring Um, and right before the all-star break, Hayward missed value in a, you know, a bunch of games. So, I don't know if I really like him, but he would be the only other one that I'd even consider up at the top end. All
1: right. I think that's fair enough. I I like those calls overall. Uh, For me, what I'm going to be taking a look at here is, um, you know, whether or not I want to get some exposure to Paul George, and I think I do because I I think it's going to be a, um, you know, trading fire situation here between uh, Kevin Durant and and PG-13 who has, you know, um been flirting with a double double uh, on Fandle in the past four games prior to this you know he came in super hot against the All-Star game so i think anybody if there's anybody locked and loaded at the small four position that isn't priced in the you know KD range uh, right now i do feel pretty good about what the what the total's going to be in this game which should be uh, very high and the, uh, the the shot volume and production we're talking about you know 21 and 9 22 and 8 with six assists and uh you know through looks like what four of the past six games overall so the the guy has been producing at a very high level there, in right in the you know uh um mid 40s uh when he's uh going good and so the price has been elevated to 8700 but i think uh as long as he's you know at or below 9k i will have no problem uh going all the way to up top with him uh, as as my potential um yeah, cash gameplay. Should I be able to afford him? Now, down below that, I'm. I I agree with you on on the Gallo call against Sacramento. I think that's it's going to be something that makes a lot of sense uh, there as well. And I'm not in love with as many value options on um, this side here that 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 I, that I was here at the uh, point guard and the small 4 I'm sorry, and the shooting guard position here as well. So I think it's you're better, you're safer staying in the Gallo range. Um, you know, if you're looking. Uh, to to um, extract some value from your small four position, um, and 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 stay safe with a with a reasonable floor for uh, for cash games for GPPs, I'm fine. Uh, you know, throwing rolling the ball out against Robert Covington, uh, as well as mm-hmm. who had a monster game against Sacramento in his last game out, and has a plus matchup against um, whoever they decided they wanted to be be it Alonzo G or whoever New Orleans wants to, to roll out at the. At the uh, Small forward position there as well. Whatever it is, it's going to be a plus matchup, I believe. Overall, Covington is a scary player because he's wildly inconsistent, but he's getting the minutes. Uh, Overall, played uh, a range of twenty six to thirty four minutes the last three games out, which makes me hate Brett Brown um, because you know should have been. I don't. You tell me who's a better small forward or two Mm -hmm. option. Uh, for Philadelphia right now. I don't think you can name one. So the guy should be should be a lock for 30-plus minutes, and, and then we would ha- feel a little bit more safer about his floor. Uh, but in the meantime, I think we can at least make a case for him, given the matchup in GPPs. Uh, anybody yeah. else you want to throw a bone towards the small forward position before we move on? Well, I
2: like I like your Covington call, and the other guy in that range that I was looking at, which pretty much goes along the same lines of everything you said, is the guy that's just getting minutes, is uh, P.J. Tucker. So if you got to roll the dice, both of them are the same. They could have a 35-, 40-point fantasy game, or they could have a 15-point fantasy game. But they're both getting the minutes. They're both seeing the floor a lot, you know. So those would be the two guys that i look at, but I kind of agree with what you said originally. I think you want to pay up a little more, you know, on this day. Gallo's a great option. You know, Kawhi Leonard, I like him a lot. You know, I'd rather have the two of those guys than than have to come down, although I do think, like, the Covington and, and P.J. Tucker's for, for a tournament make a lot of sense because, you know, they do have the high upside if they do have a good game.
1: All right, fair enough. All right, um, so let's go ahead and truck it over to the power forward position and talk about how excited you are to use uh, Brow and Cash against Philadelphia.
2: I actually don't mind Brow in tournaments, but I am not using Brow and Cash against anybody. It's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> so far it has worked out very well for me. So, I mean, you know, it's a personal choice that everybody has to make. If you want to use Anthony Davis, I mean, we joke around because I truly don't use him in cash, but he's not a bad cash game play at all on this day. They're going up against Philly. Philly's defense isn't all that good. You know, he should be able to do whatever he wants. I think his price is actually down below 9 k the last couple of games. I mean, below uh 10 k the last couple of games, right? No, he's still at 10K. He's 10 k He's 10200 so it's a little bit cheaper. Um, Again, I mean, but here's, you know, here's my argument about why not to use him in cash. His last four games, 32, 33, 42, 39, you know, his best game was 4X. So it's not even like he has a safe floor. Um, For me, I'm actually going to be coming down a little bit. I like LaMarcus Aldridge going up against the LA Lakers. Um, Aldridge has had a pretty good floor lately. He's putting up like right around 35 to 40 fantasy points in all his recent games um I also like favors going up against Boston we know that Boston is very weak in the interior uh it's one of the big problems that they have you know favors doesn't have a ton of upside you know I think Aldridge probably has the better upside of the two but I think favors has been consistent enough where he's getting you you know 35 fantasy points and reaching value so I like him as well um but then I also like Marquise Morris going up against Houston you know it's always a little scary because you never know how the minutes are going to work out but you know, it seems like since the, the coaching change and everything's going on over there, you know, his minutes have been pretty safe. He's been producing pretty well. And we know that all season long, Houston's been a team you've been able to target power forwards against because they don't guard them very well. So I think Markeith Morris, if you're looking to save a little bit of money down there. Uh, but then you also have Zach Randolph. We, we haven't seen exactly how this is going to play out with no Gasol, but, you know, the word on the street is that Randolph's basically going to be used as like a center option on that team you know so if that's the case and he's going to see big minutes you know he's probably going to put up 30 to 35 fantasy points um which for the price he's been lately would be a good return so that's you know there's a lot of options here but those are the guys that I'm kind of concentrating on
1: uh, I like that call overall. I think that you're uh, well on the right track with uh, Zach Ranoff. is one of my favorite plays overall. Um, this may sound like it's related to the slam dunk contest, but it's not. I just like Aaron Gordon and what he's done. I think they've you know even further uh, done due diligence to clear the decks to make sure he's a consistent 30-minute producer. And we're talking about a double-double threat who's who's you know a- actually um, been uh, a surprise as an assistor there. Uh, uh, what, 10 assists in the past three games and seven blocks with four steals uh overall so he's like really just stuffing the stat category believe it or not it actually um has been sprinkling in some trays i know that you like that from your power forwards um any, time that you have a chance to uh rebound why not rebound and just step out and hit the three I- I- instead are, are we in agreement here benny
2: yep completely <laughs>
1: He just, you could just see he was like, damn, <laughs> damn it, Josh. He's always got to be t- a jerk. About- you know,
2: we're on we're on video right now, so I can't watch people. It's one thing when we're on the radio and people can hear how mad I get. I don't want them to see it in my face, so I'm trying to do it.
1: <laughs> Okay. I'm just going to leave the, the, the stretch forward talk uh, alone and do, do yes. my do us all a favor before we get into a 15-minute rant. And we're like, Let's see. Like I don't
2: mind, I don't mind stretch fours. I mind the Marcus Cousins as a stretch four. It's a big okay. difference. Well, like, I'm, just
1: you, you, that I'm you know, Seriously speaking, Aaron Gordon really doesn't have much business shooting trays where he's at in his career or, uh, right now. That doesn't need to be a part of his game, which is why I mentioned it too. Because he, if you're going to talk about the Marcus Cousins, you know, being a dominant rebounder and why, and all the reasons why he should be in the post, which it to me in theory makes sense. Um, do and don't make sense. You know which side I'm I'm obviously on. Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. really from the same from the same ilk. Really shouldn't be out there hanging out at the three-point line at this point in his career when he's just now got a starting job, you know. So yeah. and now, it's, see
2: here's here's the thing that here's the difference between the two of them for me is when Cousins is hanging out at the three-point line, there's nobody on Sacramento to rebound.
1: No, for when- Willie- There's Willie, Co- Willie Kaufstein is a good rebounder. He's not consistent, but he's a good rebounder.
2: Yeah, he's not a threat for me on the inside. Um, But when you have Orlando, you still have Vucevic down there. So even if he's chucking up bad shots, you still have Vucevic down there that can clean up the glass. And you can't have two big men in the lane at the same time. So you got to put Gordon somewhere on the floor. So that actually makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me when they put Cauley Stein in the post because he's not a threat in the post. He's not somebody that really, you know, you have to worry about stopping inside, which would open up the outside for Cousins. That's that's the difference between the two of them for me. For me, cousins in the post makes everybody else kind of have to concentrate on doubling or, or helping out on him, and that opens up the shooters on the outside. So it's a completely different situation there. Although I agree with you, Aaron Gordon should not be shooting threes.
1: Yeah, uh, but you know if he's going to, then that's it's you know something that's. Uh, you know he can hang his hat on for for uh, additional fantasy value, good or, good or bad. We, you know, we we can have the endless debate about whether or not they would score more fantasy points, you know, doing his job inside or or shooting from the outside. But you know, uh, we'll we'll say that information for the day the regardless of that, I think Aaron Gordon is 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 a smart play because. Uh, as long as his price is you know under six k, which you know we'll have to obviously wait for Friday pricing on FanDuel to figure it out. I think he's in a good spot against you know Dallas at the power forward position, which we've always been able to target as a bottom five, bottom six team uh, there as well. I also uh, you know feel fairly solid about um, using Paul Millsap if they're going to have no Chris Bosch. Uh, you know, for, for cash games uh, uh, up top there as well. You're going to give me Udonis Haslam, Amari Stoudemire defense uh, there as well. I know Millsap has been a sort of a fairly inconsistent guy after we loved him all season long and just sort of, you know, Coming off of that uh, personal issue, I think there was some sort of death and family. He really, his production, you could just tell he wasn't the same player on the court. So hopefully uh, coming off the All-Star game, coming off that big game, two games back in Orlando, he can be back on track and be one of the our top targets, uh, at least for cash games here, uh, starting with this uh, plus matchup on Friday uh, against the uh, Miami Heat and the uh, Chris Boshless Miami Heat. All right. Um, anybody else you want to mention that Power Forward before we move forward?
2: I mean, there's you know, how, do you feel good about any of the other guys around Gordon in that range? Like you have Taj Gibson going up against Toronto, not a great matchup. Um, Marvin Williams, who's been playing well against Milwaukee, which is a pretty decent matchup. Um,
1: I, I'm okay with I'm I'm okay with these guys here. I'm not I don't, but you know I I would like I would much rather play Miles Turner, for example, who, you know, people might be off just a little bit because he had a little bit of a bad game uh, there as well. But like I said, you know, this is just all about me getting exposure to Indiana uh, OKC and OKC has been playing with ridiculous pace here um, over the past cu- couple games, and Miles Turner has been a uh, you know, at least in terms of minutes, it's been solid thirty uh, minute guy uh, overall, and you know can can be a, a double double threat. And he, Serge Ibaka ha- hasn't done nearly as an effective job defensively as he has in season pass. I don't know if he's just doing what you hate, which is you know, which he wants to do, which is hang around the three point line a little bit too much. Um, when he should be an automatic double double, and he's not. But regardless, other teams have been taking advantage, um, you know, and which is why their DVP is a little bit lower than normal at the power forward position for OKC, which leads me to play Miles Turner. I would say Um, the the rest of the guys in that in that range, I do like Ryan Anderson against Philly. Um, that's really the only person I would feel fairly comfortable with. Um, not Taj would like be say this has been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Marvin Williams, I just don't I, it is a good matchup. I just don't trust enough overall. and then the rest of those guys, I think we need to start start, you know, you know seeing how how the rotation's changing and, and the shake shakeout with a with a week full laugh before I can get uh, more interested in some of the value options down below that. All right, let's go ahead and put a bow on the power four position before we move on to center for the Friday slate what I let all the business owners know that if you need a website why not do it yourself here with Wix.com so no matter what business you're in Wix.com has something for you used by more than 75 million people worldwide Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today you need to get the word out about your business it all starts with a stunning website so with hundreds of designer made customizable templates to choose from the drag and drop editor there's no coding needed you don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful you can do it yourself with Wix.com Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional. Professional websites every single day so when you're running your own business you're bound to be busy too busy to worrying about the budget the scheduling appointments or building a website for your business and because you're too busy it has to be easy and that's where wix.com comes in with wix.com it's easy and free go to wix.com to create your own website today the results will be stunning all right let's go ahead and talk about your stunners at the center position for the friday slate Betty.
2: Yeah, I think um, part of the reason why I wasn't as high on Westbrook is I think I'd prefer to pay up for Cousins here over Westbrook today. Uh, you got Cousins going up against Denver, who, you know, basically ha- is a mess with their big guys down low. I mean, I could see like a 25.18 rebound game coming here from Cousins, you know, adding in a couple assists and blocks and steals like he always does. So I have no problem with anybody who prefers to pay up for Westbrook. For me, I prefer to pay up for Cousins, which is why I'm you know, not as high on Westbrook today. Um, Coming down from Cousins, though, I really like Carl Anthony Towns going up against Memphis. I know people are going to say, oh, well, this is Memphis, and their slow pace, and their good defense. And, yeah, all that has to do with Marcus Gasol, who's not there anymore. So you're now looking at a team that's probably going to be rolling out like Zach Randolph at center. Um, which means you're probably going to get what, maybe Jeff Green at power forward. So you're going to have Carl Anthony Towns in a matchup with Jeff Green, and he's going to absolutely kill him on the other end of the floor. So, you know, I really like this situation for, uh, for Towns. He's been putting up, you know, a couple 50 point fantasy games in his last three or four. I mean, this guy is legitimately an elite player in the league right now, and they're giving him the minutes to be able to do so with, you know, Garnett and Pekovic and everybody banged up. So, of all these guys below Cousins that I would come down to, I think uh, call anthony Towns is probably the top one. And then from there, if I was going down even cheaper, um, you know, Jaleel Okafor, I think, is in a great spot going up against New Orleans. New Orleans has been horrible all year against the center position. Okafor is down to 6,400. He's put up some big numbers lately. We know he always scores. Scoring is never a problem with him. If he starts rebounding at even a decent clip for a big guy his size, like 7 or 8 a game, He's going to be putting up huge fantasy scores cuz he's getting you 20 to 25 real life points every game there. And at only 6k if you're telling me I can get 30 to, you know, 30 point floor out of Okafor with a 50 point upside, you know, for 6400, there's going to be a lot of Okafor lineups that I make especially in tournaments.
1: I think that's those are very good calls. Oh, overall, I'm in agreement with um, um, pretty much all of them. Uh, one thing I want to say here is uh, I, Al Horford. Uh, we know that uh, people need to remember that Hassan Whiteside has a one-game suspension that he'll be serving on Friday with no Chris Bosch. We're looking at a front line that could be uh, Udonis Haslam and Amari Stoudemire. So on the flip Ooh. side of that for power forward, if you want to use Amari Stoudemire for value, I, I'm okay with that. I think you, we, we've made a case for better options for you um, as it is. But, um, you know, if that's going to be the defensive set that Al Horford faces, I love him um, facing that, you know, team, B team, um, at least for cash games uh, at the, in, the, in the low 7K range uh, overall. I think it was a good shot for him to, you know, be, be at 20-plus points. The one thing I, ha- I have a problem with Al Horford is um, he – I wish that he was more of a consistent double-double guy than he is. He, for whatever reason, he just sits there in the seven rebounds per game range and decides to give you more value in terms of assists. And it's been actually a little bit more, a better of a shot blocker this season and, and season past. But I just wish he rebounded more um, as, as a center. He's like the actually the prototypical person who's out on the wing a little bit too much for me for the center position. He's a great shooter, and he's, you know, actually is probably averaging about a, a one made three per, per, per game. But I think it's actually at the detriment of their, uh, you know, rebounding uh, overall for that team. That was one situation where I'm in agreement. For, for a guy who actually strokes it well, um, as a stretch as a stretch five, there I I feel like the the reverse is is true for him, um, you know uh, as a maybe net negative um, because he's out on the wing a little bit too much because there isn't there's not another guy like you said like well, I mean Paul Millsap is 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 a nice rebounder but he's not a monster fifteen plus rebound guy you know so I I, I just think like the, the overall construction makes less sense uh for atlanta and what al horford brings to the table than it does in different situations like like Demarcus cousins who has willie college Callerstein. time willie college time only job really is to sit there on the class how consistent he is in terms of you know uh, getting into the 10 plus rebounding range is a separate issue for him i know it is an issue um but you know the both paul Millsap and al horford want to live on the outside a little bit too much for me which is um you know the the issue that i have it makes it sound like i'm not happy with al horford at a play as a play because i started immediately hating on him after I <laughs> him. <laughs> but this, rest assured given the two starters out of the lineup i'm probably going to try to get some exposure to al horford for friday i just wanted to give you my like rant for whatever reason which is unnecessary so i apologize to everybody um no you know what I
2: like about that rant though what I like about that rant is it almost sounds like you're starting to come over to the line of reasoning I use with cousins yeah to to the the reasoning I use with cousins I think so I like that I'm working on you by the end of the season you're going to be ranting about cousins I'm telling you
1: I'm not going to be (laughs) the Kylo Ren of the stretch fours or five just yet not joining the dark side Benny okay my 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 lightsaber is still green for for right now, uh, so uh, I, I'm with you on that. There's a little dark side ish in, in me when we talk about Al Horford and his stretch fiveness paired together with um, Millsap. But for I'm 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 with the force the, the 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 rest of the way and in terms of you know Demarcus Cousins and the other guys who make it rain. Although I did I went dark side twice, Aaron Gordon and Al Horford. So maybe I need to reconsider whether or not I'm with the evil empire. I feel a little bit. Disgusted with myself personally, so
2: that's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the all the I'm just smiling. You're that's right. right.
1: That's it. On, on all- face, he was like, "Yep, <laughs> yep." You know, you you you're 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 talking to the coach here, and yeah, you know,
2: the, one the
1: One of this two, one of these two duo members is a coach. All right, who that's that's his job, and the other person. Um, it's finally starting to realize this. You know, five months into the NBA season, so only take. It's five
2: fun. Months. It's it's fun to watch big guys shoot threes, but it, it doesn't is. translate into wins. That's the problem. Doesn't translate into wins.
1: Uh, all right, I don't know. What, what, are you trying to tell me that the that the Sacramento Kings aren't coming out of the West? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
2: I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs in the West.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> right. now, they're on the outside looking in. So, yeah. um, just wait till they trade for Paul Gasol or um. Um, Who else were they rumored to be trading for? Um, Al Horford. Oh, yeah. Al Horford is one of those plays too there as well. All right. um, Time for us to go. Uh, This is the wrap for the Friday show for the Rotowire DFS podcast. So don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher uh, and subscribe to the official YouTube channel. Uh, Give us some love there. Give us a little thumbs up. Press that subscribe button once you see that link uh, out there for this show. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, if you have any comments, complaints, and questions, it's at BennyR11. Don't forget, he loves to um, – he, 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 I'm just going to say, if you got an issue with some stuff on Twitter, be ready to sword fight with Benny. If he's got some free time, he is not letting go. If, you've, if you're if you wrong, he will let you know you're wrong to the death. So if you you want to joust, it's at BennyR11. If you want like a one-word answer, For your 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 trade question or whether or not you should play somebody in your lineup, um, it's at Josh Hayes FS. I am much less likely to joust with you and sort of let you uh, have your cake and eat it too. And it's at uh, at RotoWire for all your fantasy and season long uh, NBA and uh, DFS and um, needs for all sports. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing and checking us out. We'll see you next time. We'll